don't you? Her voice caught in a sob. That's an old tale, an old folk story. Finn, please believe me. I promised I'd never come back, and I keep my promises. What about another promise you made once? I'm an exile, Bridie. It's an exile you chose, Finn, and you can choose to end it. The call clicked off. Finn O'Grady stared at his phone in the rosy autumnal dawn. Chapter 2 The sleek towers of the City of London glittered in the first rays of the sun. In front of O'Grady sat a bank of CCTV cameras, flickering grimy images. This is what I've become, he thought. I was the top cop in Galway. Now I'm watching warehouses storing computer kit, and all because I held out for the truth, for justice. An exile you chose, she'd said. He got to his feet, paced up and down. And if I'd chosen otherwise, what would it be like to have a home, a garden, a potato patch, a wife? He stopped his pacing. He remembered his mother's words as he played out in the backyard when he was a boy. I won't be keeping you here, Finn boy, she'd say. A nomad, that's what you are, a restless spirit. You belong to the whole world, not to me. A nomad, he thought, belonging nowhere. O'Grady gazed out of the wide, bright window. A night watchman, paid to guard the wealth of companies against those who would try to take it. How far from my mother's dream of warriorhood, of might and right. And now this. He stared at his phone. In his mind, the pleading, desperate voice of Bridie O'Connor. It's here, she'd said. He knew what she meant the Salter curse which came through her father's line before she married into the O'Connors. Bridie's grandfather, James Salter, was English. He was said to have stolen land in Galway that had belonged to an Irish family. At the time, the locals had a story of the ancient Green Man. They believed he would protect them from the English incomers. The Green Man was invincible. In the ancient folk song, they tried to kill him by earth, air, fire, and water but he always rises up again. James Salter showed no interest in the stories. He expanded the farm, ignored the locals, claimed he didn't give a damn what these inbred savages thought of him. His only son, Richard, Bridie's father, was different. Richard was a gentle soul, a solitary child who grew up to be an academic, a historian at the university. Much loved locally, he seemed to carry the guilt of the stolen land, the opposite of his bully of a father. It wasn't surprising that old Salter was unpopular, nor was it surprising that the locals used these tales to express their sense of injustice. What was surprising was that decades later, at Bridie's window, her little boy had seen something resembling the green man of the stories. O'Grady was brought back from his thoughts by a crash of doors and a beep of security gates. All right, Mo and Ahmed rumbled through the doors and thumped tubs of hot coffee onto their desks. Quiet night? Quiet night, O'Grady agreed, 
handing over a large bunch of keys. Mo was bearded and trim. Ahmed was tall and broad-shouldered, his shirt tight over his muscles. O'Grady sometimes wondered what they made of him, with his ten years on them. He said his farewells and went back down the stairs into the yard. The huge steel gate slid open to let him out. His flat was in East London, two dingy rooms on a road which never slept. The dusty windows let in minimal daylight, and the warring aromas from the artisanal bakers and the cheap fried chicken shop below. O'Grady took off his jacket. He pulled a comb through his chestnut-brown hair. A glance in the mirror showed a tall, muscular figure, clean-shaven, blue-eyed. A cowboy, Bridie had once called him. You calling me names? he'd asked. No, she laughed, shaking her head.